Welcome to the video. Don't forget to hit that bell icon for weekly videos on historical figures and stories. If you enjoy the content, be sure to subscribe. The ancient civilization of Egypt is one of the most fascinating and mysterious on the planet. The Pharaoh was considered to be a god on earth, being an intermediary between the gods and the people. This is why the Pharaohs would build incredible temples, tombs, statues and pyramids in order to honour their gods. The stories of the Egyptian gods are many. Some were once men who walked the earth, while others created the world, the sky and the underworld. In this video, I will unravel some of the mysteries behind some of the gods, and I will be delving into their backstories. So let's discover more about the gods of one of the world's most ancient religions. According to myth, the god Osiris was once a living man. He would have been born in the pre-dynastic times by the Nile Delta. Osiris inherited his kinship from his ancestors in a lineage stretching back to the creator of the world. He would teach the Egyptians the arts of civilization, including agriculture. He then travelled the world with his wife Isis before returning to Egypt. During his rule, Egypt would flourish and the Egyptians would become intelligent and civilised. According to one tale, Osiris had sex with Nephthys, who was his brother Set's consort. Osiris was already his rival, as he was king, and Set's jealousy only grew after he slept with his consort. Set was the god of disorder and violence, and his followers would then murder Osiris. The stories of how differ one states how Set transformed into a bull to kill him, and another says that his corpse was thrown into the water, or he was drowned. After the murder of Osiris, Set cut his body up into multiple pieces and scattered them across Egypt. Set would then assume the lordship of Egypt and would become its king. Meanwhile, Osiris's wife, Isis, would search all the land for her deceased's husband's body, with the help of Nephthys. The two would eventually find and restore the body of Osiris, with the aid of the other gods. They had help from Thoth, who had a great magical and healing power, and they also got help from Anubis, the god of mummification and the afterlife. With their help, Osiris became the first mummy. The efforts of the gods to restore his body are the reason why the Egyptians would embalm the dead, to reverse the decay of the body after death. Once Osiris was whole again, his wife Isis would fall pregnant with Horus. A spell in a coffin text indicates that Isis was impregnated by a flash of lightning. Once Osiris was resurrected, he was no longer just a man, but a god. However, his time on earth would be short, no longer being connected with the living, he became the lord of the Duat, which is a distant realm of the dead. He lives on as the god of the dead. Osiris had become the god of the dead and the master of rebirth, but his wife Isis had given birth to his son Horus in the realm of the living. During this time the god Set would rule Egypt, so Isis travelled the wider world and lived among ordinary humans who were unaware of her identity 
even appealing to them for help. The child god Horus would be vulnerable and beset by the dangers of the world. Set would send hostile creatures to try to kill the boy. Snakes would slither into wherever he resided and would bite him, resulting in their venom coursing through his veins. Isis, however, would use her magic to save the boy. This tale reflects the Egyptians' fear of snakebite and also conveys the lesson of the ideal devoted mother. Once Horus became an adult, he would challenge Set for the throne of Egypt. Horus wanted to avenge his father Osiris and take his rightful place as the king of Egypt. This divine struggle would last 80 long years, where the two would not only fight one another, but they would also compete in several contests against each other. Horus would appear before the Council of Gods, with the supreme authority being the sun god Ra. Horus made a plea with the Council to recognize his rightful claim to the throne. The Council favored Horus, but he was still opposed by Ra, who believed that fate had made Set king, and his youth and inexperience is what was holding him back. Eventually, the two gods would fight. Horus would tear off Set's testicles, but in return, Set would gouge out one of Horus's eyes. The mutilation of Set conveys his loss of strength. However, the removal of the eye of Horus is even more meaningful, as with Horus being the sky god, his right eye represented the sun, and his left the moon. After Horus lost his eye, the moon darkened and lost its cycle of phases. Thus, the world was no longer in balance. With this calamity, the other gods would help Horus reclaim his eye, and the moon would return to its full brightness. In one tale, Horus would utterly defeat Set, and would destroy his living body. The gods would rejoice, Horus would take the throne, and Egypt would be ruled by its rightful king. Horus would finally be able to perform the proper funeral rites for his father Osiris. Horus would then offer one of his eyes to his deceased father Osiris, and its immense power would sustain Osiris in the afterlife. Even now, the eye of Horus is a symbol which is believed to have protective magical powers. Osiris was now the god of the afterlife, and he would preside over the dead. When a person died, they would face judgment, and they would arrive in the Hall of the Mat. The ancient Egyptians believed that the soul resides in the heart, so upon death, their heart would be weighed on a giant scale against a feather, which represents the concepts of truth, balance, order, harmony, law, morality, and justice. It was the god of the underworld Anubis that would administer the test. The souls which balance on the scales are allowed to start a lengthy and perilous journey through the underworld to the field of reeds, where the many gods and righteous souls reside. Here, they will exist in pleasure for all eternity. However, hearts heavy with evil were thrown to the soul-eating demon Amit and they were not granted eternal life. The person would be taken by the soul devourer. In essence, they would be damned, 
and they would suffer a complete destruction of the soul, becoming nothingness. The souls who had passed the test would face many perils before reaching the field of reeds. They would have to face a series of gates that were guarded by evil demons. Once they had gotten past the gates, only then would they arrive at the heavenly paradise, which Osiris rules. In some tales, Set's soul was sent to the Hall of the Mat, but it was utterly destroyed due to his deeds in life. This equates to how he would later be associated as the god of disorder and evil, and Egyptians would no longer see him as an integral part of the natural order of the world. At the end of the tale, Osiris becomes the king of the dead, and his son Horus becomes the king of the living. This connects the pharaohs of Egypt and how they were thought to be living gods. At death, a pharaoh assumes the role of Osiris, the deceased king and lord of the dead. He retains his royal identity as he departs from the world of the living to the underworld, just as Osiris did. He leaves behind his heir, the new pharaoh, who assumes the throne, just as Horus did. In this way, the continuation of the rule of the eternal divine pharaoh is maintained. Thank you for watching everyone. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to like, subscribe and share. If you have heard other accounts of the tale of Osiris, Set and Horus, let me know in the comment sections down below, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile.